So you're thinking about running, but not sure how to take the first step. My name is Brian Patterson, and I'm here to help. Welcome to Brian's Rompod. Welcome back to Brian's Rompod. Well, in the second part of our discussion with Lucy Tomlinson, the founder of Welcome to Pilates, if you haven't heard our first chat, then please do have a listen. In the second part, we started talking about how you progress through Pilates and also how dance has embraced the discipline. She also talks about specific exercises that can be incorporated as part of a runner's schedule. He, uh, after the war ended, he went to New York and he set up his studio and it was for lots of dancers were attracted to it. So ballet dancers, which oh, is why right. lots of people um, in that industry do Pilates. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of friends who were dancers who are now Pilates teachers. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So if you think um, a ballerina, they have their... Is there, is, there, is, is there ballet Pilates or do some people sort of like sell it? There's like something there? called bar, which oh, okay. um, is... You some of the exercises are quite Pilates based, yeah. Um, but you use a bar, um, yeah. and it's kind of a, a mixture. I, I mean, I'm not an expert, but it's a mixture yeah. of ballet yeah. and Pilates. Well, okay, that kind okay. Of thing. It's just the way of marketing it and incorporating yeah. the two. Yeah. And I yeah. mean, I think if you have an interest in ballet, you do quite a lot on your. Uh, it's quite a lot of footwork actually. You do lots on your toes, um, a lot of ankle mm. stability as well. But yeah, so he trained a lot of ballet dancers and they obviously needed to be very fit to do the, the kind of dance that they do. Mm. So the exercises do get quite dynamic. They get very vigorous and you're doing them in very quick succession. So you can really build on them. But kind of his traditional Pilates concept is still around today, but now a lot of it wasn't isn't really suitable for the everyday person that comes into class so you kind of have to find different ways to adapt to make things more challenging as people progress Mm. Um, and people do find even just doing one hour class a week that you do progress quite quickly which is great because people then start to feel more confident in their body and they start to think oh I wasn't doing this a couple of weeks ago and now I can do that and now how can we progress it so it's always very encouraging when someone comes and says oh I can do that thing now that I couldn't do or um or I notice it and tell them and they kind of are like, oh, yeah, I couldn't do that a month yeah. ago. All right. Okay. So so we've kind of got to the bit where, you know, we've talked about, you know, kind of the core principles. And we've talked about how, you know, things that we can do kind of on an everyday basis sort of thing. So now when you're, you know, taking it a little bit further mm. um, and I think we'll uh, – probably come on to the reform a little bit later on but sort of thing so what do you feel that someone who's kind of you know a little bit more advanced maybe being going to you what sort of you know the benefits do you think they 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 get out of it so i think it would still be the same kind of things that you would even if you were starting out um but you'd probably just feel you would be doing more advanced exercises so um you probably would feel it more in your body the next day, potentially Yeah. in terms of working the muscle groups. And, but then saying that, I think you would, 
even if you're starting out, you it's those smaller muscle groups that maybe you haven't worked before. So yeah. I'm just thinking of um, someone came last week and they were a complete beginner, but they really felt it the next day because they hadn't right. worked those muscles before. So yeah. yeah, I don't know if there would be a huge difference in terms of, I think generally people tend to get the bug early on yeah. and then that doesn't go away. It keeps coming because yeah. you just maintain that same mm. level. So, and, and when you, when you take the class, basically you've got all levels in that class or do you, or, or will there be like a beginner's class and then, then the people who are kind of a little bit more advanced, you'll have a separate class for them. Is that yeah. Right? So yeah. we start with an all levels class, um, which is for beginners. Mm. Um, so if you, on our timetable, we have all levels, intermediate, and advanced right um and we keep the all levels we don't call it beginners just because we know that sometimes you know depending on how you're feeling one week someone who is an intermediate Mm. they might actually want to come to an all levels Mm. class that week Mm. for whatever reason so we keep it all levels and we always teach the bodies in the room so Mm. i would never say to somebody not to come to a certain class if they want to come and try a class Mm. when you're progressing up the levels i will say to somebody, oh, I think you're ready to go into the intermediate class, for example. But yeah, we split it into levels because obviously depending on bodies, the all levels class is the one that you'd start with and then you can progress up if you want to. Mm. Um, if you've got injuries or say if you're pregnant or yeah. something else, then you'd stick yeah. in the all levels class until yeah. you know, yeah. either that injury subsided or you had your yeah. baby or whatever it might be. Okay, okay. Yeah, I just thought of a question. So basically, the there is one uh, question I do have is is that what are the um, because if you if you are starting out, what are the kind of common mistakes that you know people who do start out will you know will will do sort of thing? Because obviously it's going to be something completely new to them. Because in terms of you know the breathing, yeah. trying to um, get used to their body in yeah. a very different way. So what are the kind of common areas? Yeah, you know, that, that they might they might get wrong or they they kind of you know you kind of saying well no it's not like that it's like this sort of thing um definitely the breathing i think like i said before people just mm. stop breathing mm. um but in terms of doing it wrong i don't really i wouldn't say anyone ever comes and does something wrong i think the only thing you could do wrong is to find a session hard and then not go back right you can't really do pilates wrong there's obviously there's ways that I'll go around the room and correct people or give them adjustments, but mm. I would never tell somebody they're doing something wrong because right. their body okay. might adapt to something differently. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's not really a wrong or right. It's not like there's a amazing teacher who said something once about there's no like end of term performance for Pilates. You're not doing it to show anyone how okay. you look at the end yeah, of it it's yeah, yeah, um yeah. it's just about coming and working with your body on the day and that might be different you might have been practicing pilates for 10 years and then you come one week and you can't do a roll up for example quite a challenging exercise coming off the floor and i think you can get quite frustrated by that but you have to listen to your body and some days you can do things and some days you can't so yeah, yeah i wouldn't say anyone would do things wrong i would just say if you came and felt a bit overwhelmed or yeah. um, you didn't quite like the teacher or any other reason and didn't go back, yeah. um, 
I would say that was wrong <laughs> because I'd say either find a different teacher or give it another go, kind of um, yeah, give yourself yeah. a chance. Like you said, there's a lot to think about yeah. um, and it can be quite overwhelming when you start and the teacher sent telling you to think about where your ribs are, telling you to breathe, telling you to point your toes yeah. and you kind of think, oh, this is a bit much. Yeah. Um, and it yeah. is a lot, which is yeah. why you kind of try to start with the basics and then build on gradually from that. So people do come back. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. That's good because I know I remember there was um, uh, 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 a swim teacher. Oh, there was a, uh, this thing called uh, I forgot the name. It's called anyway. It's a t- type of way of teaching swimming, and he just said, he just said, just focus on one thing, mm. and you know, each time you're swimming, just focus on that one thing yeah. and get get that yeah get that right so, exactly yeah. And then, you know, you can sort of build on, on yeah. from that. Um, yeah, especially because I think people come, um, I often see it, um, there's, you know, there's a lot of energy in the room. People mm. come after work, for example, and they might have had a rubbish day. They might not want to be there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, they might be yeah. stressed. They Children might not have done their homework, you know, all those kind of things. Um, tired. Tired, exactly. You know, yeah. Anything could have happened. And sometimes people just want to come and move and be left alone. And you can see it when people come into the room, how they might be feeling. And you don't want to then add on to that by saying you're doing that exercise wrong. Yeah. And you never want to make somebody feel like they're failing at it. And you can't really fail at Pilates. If you're there on the mat, you've showed up, then that's already a win that yeah. they've even come. Yeah. So I only want to be encouraging people to just do their best on the day. And, yeah. and you know, sometimes people come and, like I said, they haven't, they can't do an exercise that they can normally do and they do get frustrated. And I have to remind them that you're just working with your body and yeah. some days is great yeah. and some days doesn't feel as good. Okay. Okay. Now I know this isn't a visual podcast, so we can't <laughs> demonstrate, but I know I'm sort of jumping about. So if you're happy, that's, that, okay. that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> we can jump about. So basically if, um, if, um, so you talked about that kind of, um, getting your spine and whatever, but if, um, if I wanted something that's say just to improve my core strength yeah, and, and whatever as a, as a beginner, because I know for runners, that's kind of quite a key thing Yeah, definitely. as well as the stretching, as you said, but what, what's good, what would be good to start off with? Oh, okay. So, um, there's obviously lots of exercises the thing is with Pilates is almost all of them will be using your core. So mm. you mm. use your core even just to stand up, use yeah. your core to sit, just to be sitting up. So, um, but for those kind of ones, if people want to feel that like burn, um, there's a few exercises in particular that spring to mind. Um, so there's the exercise called the hundred, which if anyone listening has done Pilates, they probably have done the hundred at some point. You're essentially in a curl up, which is like a low sit up. So your shoulders are lifted off the mat. Yeah. Your legs are either, um, lifted and bent or they can be extended out if, um, you want to make it more challenging. Right. And you want to really feel that deep abdominal work coming in. So we talk a lot about the pelvic floor in Pilates and it's that zipping up sensation in those deeper abdominal muscles. So you're feeling that your body is held in space and then you're simply, and I say simply because it's not simple, you're simply beating the arms vigorously, 100 counts basically. So you breathe in through your nose for the count of five, you breathe out through your mouth for the count of five and you do that 100 times with your legs in that same position in your upper back being curled off the floor so you're kind of like in a in a v shape is that right um 
it's so if you think your ribs will still be on the floor, oh. your pelvis will still be on the floor. Um, so it's just the upper back, but your legs are kind of in their part of the V. Yeah. But then it's just your head and shoulders lifted off. Yeah. And yeah. the thing that does tend to go wrong, if we're going to use that word in yeah. exercise, is that people feel it in their neck. So their head starts to drop back with gravity. So it's trying to engage enough to keep your shoulders lifted off the floor. Right. Um, and you're getting actually that flex position of your shoulders. They're rounding forwards and you're really reaching out long through your arms and your fingertips. Um, and that powerhouse that I mentioned earlier is that really feeling the whole body working together mm. in this quite challenging exercise. Yeah. Um, so there's that one and there's another one or there's, um, you can do what's called a series of five. So there's five exercises which all start in that similar position with your shoulders lifted. Yeah. Um, the hundred is quite a static movement. The only thing you're moving is your arms. Whereas the single leg stretch, double leg stretch, crisscross, and there's two others, those ones are more flowing. So you're moving your arms and legs at the same time. And it's a lot of coordination as well. So that's where the real mind to muscle element comes in. So you're really thinking about which parts of your body are moving, which parts are staying stable. Okay. Um, and that's what's going to really, you're going to get that feeling in your abdominals and your core. Yeah. So we could always include links in the show notes yeah to some yeah Yeah, and so you can either look on youtube because i've heard of the hundreds before yeah um and you know to to look at (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh yeah you might need an ambulance outside yeah so yeah 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 so yeah but um yes it was um yeah so okay we'll 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 look at those and those are good ones let's say to just just to start off with yeah definitely um i mean even the curl up with your feet on the floor you're still going to be engaging into your core so the feet are on the floor but you're you're curling up upper upper back curling up you can yeah you can do do that you can do the hundred with the um, with the feet down as well that's kind of the what you'd start somewhere and then you can build up that's a good example of how you can build up the exercises to make them more challenging Great, great, great. And then in terms of the, I mean, I have uh, hip, hip problems. Yeah. Um, and also, I mean, I remember I did see, um, I'm sure um, other people who are listening will have, you know, other issues. But I mean, um, uh, gluteus medius, sort mm. of, you know, issues, and they got me to do a few things. Is, is there anything? Physio. Yeah, yeah, I do go to physio sort of that. So is there anything uh, specifically for the hips? That, um... Yeah, lots of stuff for the hips as well. Um, we do really nice exercises lying on our side. Mm. Um, I say nice. <laughs> I think anyone listening who's done these probably wouldn't say they're nice, but they're really good hip strengthener right. exercises. So um, if you imagine you're lying on your side, your bottom leg is bent in a 90 degree position and you're extending your top leg out straight. Let's take a quick break. Just a short break to tell you about some exciting news. We have a new feature on the podcast. You can now send me a message. Yep, you heard it right. Brian's Rompod has become interactive with the audience. If you look at the top of the episode description, tap on send us a text message. You can tell me what you think of the episode or alternatively, what you would like covered. If you're lucky, I might even read them out on the podcast. Now, back to the podcast. Right. Okay, yeah. So it's kind of 
like a kind of recovery position type of thing. Yeah, kind of. Um, but and, again, and you've, well, have you got your your hand you by have your head? Your hand or, underneath your head, or you can have the arm extended out underneath your ear. Yeah. Um, again, if I was with you, I'd be getting you in a really good alignment position. This is one of the ones where it's quite crucial where your hips are in space because if they're even a fraction too far back behind you, you're going to feel it completely differently. So this is one of the ones where I'll teach it and I'll go around and I'll move somebody's hip forwards a little bit and they'll go, oh, <laughs> and they suddenly start to feel it in their glutes much more oh, right. um, or the side of the leg. So there's lots of variations of that exercise you can do. Have you heard of oysters or clams? No. That's one. So both of your legs are bent, feet together, and you're effectively opening from your thigh bone so the knee lifts up. Yeah. So it's like a clam shell or an oyster shell opening and then okay. you close the leg down. Okay. Um, you can do it with a band wrapped around your thigh as well. To increase the exactly. resistance. Yeah. You get a little bit of resistance. Um, but even that's a good one for the mind to muscle thing. If you're, you can flap your leg around as much as you like and not see, mm, feel anything. Mm, mm. But if you're really engaging and f- focusing on what you're moving and why you're moving it and keeping your pelvis stable, you're really going to notice the difference in that exercise. Mm. Um, I think that's one of the misconceptions. People think Pilates is easy. If you watch someone doing it, you might not think it looks like much. And then you get on the mat and do it yourself. And then you start to actually feel it in your body. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. those ones definitely um, in that sideline position. I've had some runners in my class who, okay. um, they, okay. um, they, it's a love hate one. They like it <laughs> because they know it's good for them, but it, especially if your hips are tight, it can be a bit nasty. <laughs> All right. So that's the clam. The clams. Um, and yeah, just any sideline leg work. Again, I can give you some links to these if that's useful. Great. Yeah, no, no, it, it is definitely be useful. And also in terms of, uh, let's say tight hamstrings, are there anything yeah. for that? Yeah. So, um, we do quite a simple hamstring stretch. So, yeah. um, lying down on the floor, um, again, you can use a band. So having your, um, your leg in a 90 degree position, trying to keep your thigh bones still in space and just extending the knee to reach the leg to the ceiling. So you've probably done that before, kind of bending and straightening the leg. But the key again is to keep your thigh bone stable. So if your leg is moving in and out from the leg, uh, sorry, from the body, then you're going to be using your hip more than getting that lengthening into the back of the leg. So again, it's just that really building awareness of what's actually moving, what you want to be getting out of the exercise rather than just moving the leg and hoping for the best. Yeah. So that's to repeat that again. That's um, the, so so you're lying down on your back. Yeah. You can have one leg, just the foot on the floor, bring your other leg up. We call it a single knee fold. Yeah. And your thigh bone, if you think is perpendicular to the floor and your knee is in a right angle and then you extend Okay. From the leg up and then come down. So extending the back of the knee and you can wrap a band around your foot again to get a little bit of resistance and really think pushing up into the band. Mm. And that's one of the ones if you, even if you're not using a band, but you flex your ankle and pull your toes down towards your face, you're going to feel it much more into the back of the leg as well. Mm. Um, And that's one we often do in class. And I'll say how everyone's hamstrings feeling. And it's always the same answer. Tight. (laughs) Um, so even if you're not a runner, I think we yeah. lots of people would have quite tight hamstrings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think with with running, you you do put uh, your body through quite a lot of stress. Yeah, um, and it kind of I don't know, it kind of shortens. Exactly. You know, um, because I know when um, 
I was kind of trying to do, you know, more swimming and whatever. I had really bad ankle flexibility and a lot of people could say, oh, that's because you were running because you, and it tends to, you know, you tend to not get that flexibility. Whereas you need to have the ankle flexibility if you want to swim, you know, do a proper kick or that kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. Again, it's a bit like what I said about the spine moving in all directions. You want to move your joints in the directions that they can go in with the hips, for example, we, cause we sit so much, we have a lot of hip flexion, but for, for most people, it's quite difficult to get hip extension. And that's another one with that side yeah. lying. Um, if you have your legs straight, trying to get your leg to go behind your spine. So behind the body is often quite challenging just to get that extension at the hip. Yeah. Like I said, we can go forwards, but going backwards is mm. quite challenging for most people. Right. So, and that, and that gave me an idea about, um, well, quite, uh, in terms of the structure of your class. So how does it work, let's say, for someone, you know, who starts out? So is it kind of an hour long class? Uh, 55 minutes, yeah, right. so almost an hour. Yeah. Okay. So, and then, so how do you start? And then, so what's, is it start, middle and an end? Yeah, generally, it varies week to week. Like I said, I always try and teach the bodies in the room. Um, sometimes I'll have an idea of, what I want to teach and what I want to do. And people will come in and I'll say, we're going to start standing and everyone will groan. And so we end up lying down and starting lying down. So I, I try to match the energy and sometimes I'll, I'll say, no, we are going to start standing. That's what we've planned. But, um, what do you mean start standing? So everyone's got their mat and you, there's various start positions. So generally we've got standing. So you'd start from a standing position, feet, hip distance, um, finding a neutral spine and then you start to move from there Yeah. or you might start the class lying down. So again, you take a moment to find your neutral spine yeah. lying on the floor. Yeah. Um, you can start from four point kneeling. Um, so it kind of varies. I try to mix it up so that we don't do the same class every week. So you come right. and you build on exercises and we'll always refer back to certain things. And there's some exercises that I always teach mm. Um just because they're really good ones or I know the class needs it. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's quite varied. So we tend to do some kind of warm up, um, often moving the spine, getting the hips to move, getting the shoulders to move. Um, and then you build on that. So the meatier part of the class is when we do more things like the hundred and we do things, you know, mm. to get the body. Um, and then we either finish the class back up in standing so mm. everyone's ready to walk out mm. or if it's been a particularly challenging class I often mm. like to get them to lie down and we have more of a relaxation focus on the breath mm. uh, a bit of a cool down towards the end all right in this episode of Brian's Run Pod we've explored the exciting synergy between running and Pilates shedding light on how this dynamic combination can revolutionize your fitness journey Running offers incredible benefits of both physical health and mental well-being, but it also presents the risk of injuries due to repetitive impact on joints and muscles. That's where Pilates steps in as a game changer. Lucy Tomlinson, the founder of Welcome Pilates, shared invaluable insights into the transformative power of Pilates for runners. Pilates, a series of low-impact exercises, strengthens muscles, enhances posture and boosts flexibility – When integrated into your running routine, Pilates offers a multitude of advantages. One of the key takeaways is Pilates' focus on core strength, which plays a pivotal role in maintaining balance and stability during running. This core emphasis can lead to improved running form, increased efficiency, enhanced performance and reduced injury risk. 
Moreover, the emphasis on controlled breathing in Pilates can improve your breath control, crucial for endurance and stamina on the track. Lucy also highlighted how Pilates can target essential areas like hip and hamstring strength with specific exercises like sidelining, lying, clamshell and single knee fold. Proper hip alignment is a paramount to prevent injuries, making Pilates an indispensable tool for runners. What's fantastic about Pilates is its adaptability catering to various proficiency levels. Beginners can start with basics and breathing techniques, while advanced participants can challenge themselves with more complex routines. Lucy introduced us to BAR, a dynamic fusion of ballet and Pilates, offering yet another avenue for strength and flexibility enhancement, particularly beneficial for runners. In a typical Pilates class, you embark on a journey from warm-up routines through muscle-building exercises, including with relaxation and breath work. The beauty of Pilates lies in its flexibility to match the energy in the room, ensuring a personalised workout experience for everyone. In summary, the combination of running and Pilates is a true game-changer for those seeking to elevate their fitness, enhance their performance and nurture their overall well-being. So whether you're a seasoned runner or just starting out, consider lacing up your running shoes, unrolling your Pilates mat and embarking on a transformative fitness journey that promises strength, flexibility and an injury-free stride. Thanks for tuning in and we look forward to sharing more insights into your running journey in future episodes. Don't forget to listen next week in our final episode of Brian's Rumpod Pilates Trilogy. And that's a wrap for another exhilarating episode of Brian's Rompod. Thanks for tuning in, folks. As always, we've got your back with all things running. And next week, get ready for some awesome beginner hints and tips to kickstart your running journey. Oh, and before we sign off, exciting news. We're now available on YouTube. So whether you're pounding the pavement or chilling at home, you can catch us there too. Plus, we have a new feature on the podcast. You can now send me a message. Yep, you heard it right. Brian's Rompod has become interactive with the audience. If you look at the top of the episode description, tap on send us a text message. You can tell me what you think of the episode or alternatively what you would like covered. If you're lucky, I might even read them out on the podcast. Hey, if you want to keep up with the latest updates, behind the scenes fun and even some exclusive content, make sure to follow me on social media. You can find me on Twitter or should I say X at Brian's Rompod. We've also just launched a shiny new Facebook page. Simply search for Brian's Rompod and give us a like. And don't forget to hop on over to Instagram where you can catch all our visual adventures at Brian's Rompod. For those of you who love diving deep into the episodes, head over to our website, www.brianesrompod.co.uk. And there you'll find detailed show notes, handy chapter markers, make it too easy to navigate through our favourite discussions. Please leave a review as it will always help find others find this podcast. Music is by Happy Days by Stock Audio, not forgetting artwork by Alice Patterson. Till next week, thanks again for listening. 